Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. It's immoral to let a sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my paper, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready. Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back to the Aron Sports Podcast. It's December 5th, 2018. Your host, Frank Arone, here, as always. And it uh, looks like we got week 14 coming up here. It's kind of a weird but fun week 13. And uh, now we segue right into 14. So let's bring on the other member of the pod. Uh, he's actually the one in mound this time for a little change of pace. And I'm uh, up north again for work. It's time in St. Cloud, but let's uh, check in back at home there with Crabber. How you doing there, Crab? Yeah, a little lonely here. I have to do the pop by myself in the quiet house, but got the, the Christmas tree. Yeah, that's right. Got the Christmas tree going, taking up about the whole uh, middle living room there here at the house, and uh, yeah, just busier than busier than hell over here. So trying to trying to stay above board. There you go. Just got to put a little uh, explicit warning on the podcast in case people are listening with their kids and move forward here. Huh? I, I think uh, I think we'll be fine. <laughs> All right, well, let's start it off with a little weekend recap, huh? The weekend recap. All right, so how was uh, how did week thirteen treat you? Hopefully, better than the Vikes. <laughs> no, it was. Uh, I don't know if it was much worse than that, but uh, it was pretty close. It was a pretty awful week. Might uh, might have been one of my worst weeks of the season. That's for sure. It uh, pretty frustrating. Had some pretty good plays. I guess kind of sound like a broken record, but yeah, I don't know. I uh, a lot of games there. I don't. I don't know what the odds are. The probability. Uh, losing all three of the ones that I uh, released plays that I had, but yeah, I did go on three on the docket, and I don't know, you had a unit and a half play on that Pittsburgh minus three, and uh, I liked that play the whole time, and I think at one point they're up, I think in the halfway through the third quarter, they're up about 23-7 to seven with the ball and driving, and uh, ended up not only not covering, they couldn't even win outright, so it was pretty, yeah, like I said, I don't know the probability of the end game there, but that's got to be pretty astronomically high, then you parlay that with the Detroit plus 10, how they... They were in the they were in a chance to win that there in the fourth quarter, and then they lost by uh, more than uh, two touchdowns. I don't know, pretty pretty crazy. And then that Buffalo game, we obviously watched that with the guy dropping a uh, wide open. I don't think there's any got anybody within uh, you know two football fields away from him. Uh, yeah. That Buffalo Miami game, Jesus uh, dropped a wide open touchdown there, which would have put that game over. That was a little bit more dicey, but uh, especially uh, in the second uh, the first half. But yeah, anyway, uh, long, long week for me, and uh, all in all, it was a pretty pretty brutal uh, week uh, week for me. How about yourself? Yeah, that's a pretty terrible trio right there. Uh, I don't think anybody would argue with you about that. Uh, mine, mine was okay. I got my, on that same Buffalo game you're talking about, I got my play of the week home, and then I did jump on that Thursday night with the Cowboys, which was fairly easy, catching seven and a half when they only gave up ten points the whole game. That was uh, kind of a no-sweater, and then I did feel fairly strongly about that Buffalo, and then Atlanta, which was more so a bet against the Ravens, and that obviously didn't quite get there, and they lost that game by 10, but it didn't even really seem like they were out of the game hardly till the very end of it, but it never really seemed like they got going either, so that was just kind of a strange place to be at as uh, an interested 
on the spectator there. And then I was also on Detroit with you that just kind of felt like the right side the entire game. Goff and the offense just looked look like they never quite got her going and were struggling basically the whole time and they still ended up covering the numbers. So it was okay in spots and then frustrating in other spots, but that's the way it goes. Um, anyway, I know uh, we went through it here at the beginning. And I think there's only one that we could come up with that's already been mentioned, but let's do the getting the best of the number. Getting the best of the number. So do you want to give the uh, info on that Buffalo-Miami game? Yeah, the last, uh, like you said, only one game here this week in Buffalo-Miami, a pretty prime example. Opened uh, Miami minus six, even six and a half at seven spots is what I'm looking at. And um, closed at three and a half and the landed here, uh, 21-17, landed right on four. Obviously, I talked about earlier about how they dropped that wide open touchdown, which would have changed the outcome, obviously, on the point spread, but also would have, that would have changed that uh, that total as well. But um, yeah, as for this uh, this segment, uh, it's concerned. It's uh, yeah, right through that, that number there, four. Not the most key number by any stretch, but like you, I think you mentioned a few weeks ago about how you know four is still still key to an extent. It's not like a completely dead number, and you know that uh, shows its face here in the in last week with this game. So yeah, pretty important. I know uh, actually I was on Buffalo, and uh, somebody that released it is on uh, Buffalo plus four, so they ended up pushing, and I got it four and a half myself. So I ended up a uh, winner, and they pushed. That's always uh, all you try to do here and getting the best of the number. Yeah, definitely. It will be interesting. Um, like even though I did say four. Has been historically not the keyest of numbers, but somewhat of a key number. Is that a word? Keyest? Keyest? <laughs> I don't know if it was not. I didn't have to coin it. Yeah, you got to make your um, own car, a little key, keyest optimal. <laughs> so, but, but it'll be interesting to see how that changes going forward here with these somewhat progressive uh, coaches like Nagy and you know even Shermer of the Giants a few weeks back where they'd go for two in kind of strange times where back in the day people wouldn't go for two in those situations nearly as often. I know there's been some times where they're up eight, or they're, what, up seven, and instead of kicking them to go up eight, they'll go up nine. And it used to be where nine was a total dead number, and eight was not a super key number either, but it was a somewhat key number. And uh, it might just be a time here where they're going to forgo going up eight and try to get either go up nine or else still be up seven. So it might be a time where some numbers that were somewhat key might end up being more stale, and some stale numbers might end up kind of even that back up, which I know it'll take years and years worth of data to kind of reassess that, but that'll be interesting to see how that uh, changes going forward from, say, the last, I don't know, 25 years to the next 25 years. See the uh, difference in the spread or the difference in the curve of which numbers are the most key? Uh, all right, well, that'll uh, do it. Pretty quick segment there this week. For that, but let us well jump right into week 14 here. And <laughs> not, not, not a much better way to start it off than the little AFC Cell showdown here on Thursday night. We got Jacksonville headed to Tennessee. Looks like Tennessee's a four and a half point home favorite with a total of 37 and a half. Looking for a shootout here on the Thursday night opener, huh? Yeah, that, yeah, like you said, that AFC, uh, yeah, remarkable, uh, showdown here. Um, yeah, power rating here, like I do every week. Look at my power rating, uh, the opener at the Westgate Superbook in Las Vegas. Look headline, which was the the line that was bettable before last week's game, and then the total uh, would it open there at the Westgate. So this game, Jacksonville, Tennessee, power rating on this game, Tennessee four and a half. Westgate Superbook open, Tennessee five. Look headline here, Tennessee six and a half. Uh, total here, open thirty seven and a half. Um, not a, not a whole lot of movement on that total, like you mentioned, sitting about the same as what it opened at, and uh, yeah, I mean pretty much a spread, it's the same type of deal. Really, not a whole lot of movement here either. So 
kind of holding strong at that four and a half five range and yeah I don't, I don't know i guess it kind of just goes uh goes along with the fact of how i feel about this game i just really don't have much of an opinion i mean the low total i think makes a lot of sense and it's and in this day and age it's uh we, we know how tough it is to, to go under a low number like this when you it's hard enough low 40s but when you t- dip into the the high 30s it's uh you know it's really tough to keep those under one fluky play uh, can push it over especially especially when you have a capable we've seen at least tennessee have a capability on offense it's kind of a hit or miss it seems like uh with with their, with their team here but they definitely have a uh, potential to post some points i, I think uh but obviously, this Jacksonville defense is kind of just a motivation issue. So I don't know. I guess uh, for me, I, I really don't even have uh, even a lean here on this game. I just uh, won't 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 be uh, won't be betting at all, and uh, maybe maybe be catching the side of the game. Uh, otherwise, just look at the stats afterwards. So yeah, we kind of molded over it a little bit last week, or at least mentioned it. But how funny was that? That the fact that Jags, the Colts have been putting up uh, what thirty five points a week for the last like six weeks, and then as soon as Bortles gets demoted from starter. The Jags defense finally comes out and shuts them down and holds them scoreless with a big FU performance <laughs> to well, Bortles. Yeah, it's funny because I said that on the pod. I think about, um, you know, about about that happening, about how they get a new quarterback, and and then some people I heard that you know it's not like it's a genius you know concept or anything. It's just kind of you know standard when you have a quarterback that's so bad when the rest of the team's so good in Bortles uh, that is for Jacksonville. But I heard some people trying to make that same case and people were saying, Oh no, that's not the case. Uh, that's not how it's going to be. Or Auburn's like, yeah, I don't really know how, you know, I'm not surprised at all it played out like that. I guess what it comes down to. Yeah, exactly. I just know when it was like that um, vocal that they were so against Bortles that they didn't surprise me at all. They came out with their hair on fire and held a pretty good Colts offense to zero points. That Obviously I didn't get involved because I didn't, like you guys said, too, you're not really sure how that's going to play out, but it was just kind of funny that that it was that way. And uh, but now it's the part where we were kind of uncertain how it was going to play out last week, and now I feel similarly uncertain about how it's going to be going forward. Because at a four and eight record here, they're essentially out of the playoffs. I don't even think they really are considering running the table and going eight and eight really a chance. So now is this the not necessarily a letdown, but is this where they're kind of out of gas after putting so much energy into that game last week to to prove a point uh, about you know how much they disliked basically having portals at the helm now as you kind of get the letdown here and they go back to being the terrible team that they were before then and kessler obviously only they only put up six points i don't think he looked particularly impressive by any stretch so if the defense kind of goes back to where they've been before last week then they look like a pretty bad team again but then, on the contrary, on the other side here of the equation, you got Tennessee, who couldn't look much worse for a team that won a game last week against the Jets. You know, they come back and win 26-22, but they were well behind in that game for most of the game and just looked as about as unimpressive as you possibly could. So I would really have no interest in laying four, four and a half, five, anywhere in that range with Tennessee here either. But I also don't really trust Jacksonville enough to to bet them on a short week here on the road either. Uh, and not the greatest of spots necessarily, so pretty easy to stay away from me as well. Let's just uh, move on to the Sunday slate. First game is a pretty interesting one here. we got Baltimore heading to Kansas City. Kansas City, of course, without Kareem Hunt. Uh, looks like uh, Mar Jackson probably be at the helm here for Baltimore again, I would assume. Looks like uh, Kansas City's a six-and-a-half point home favorite with a total of 53. Yeah, my power right here, uh, Kansas City minus seven. Westgate open, Kansas City 8.5. Look at line, Kansas City 9.5. Total here open 53.5. Um, 
Yeah, a little bit of downward movement on that movement on that total and uh, and and the spread uh, point spread here. I think that's pretty much just a one factor. It seems like a lot a lot of it's cream cream hunt pace. I would I would think because the long term stats, long season stats, have them in. I mean, maybe not all, all entirely there. I mean, obviously a little bit has to do with with this Baltimore team, but I guess it's more so. I don't really agree with it. So from my perspective, I feel like that's where the big move is. And uh, if you look at it for me, I've been kind of looking to bet against this Baltimore team here specifically with. Uh, with with Lamar Jackson at the helm, so I mean, uh, I think this might be a pretty good opportunity myself. I mean, uh, anything under the seven, which would like you said, sitting at six and a half, pretty much across the board, a few sevens with a little bit of uh, extra juice on Baltimore. I don't know. I feel like you're getting a little bit of value here. Just look at the look headline: uh, Kansas City nine and a half. And yeah, I get it. You know, Kareem Hunt he's a difference maker and all that stuff. But I'd argue that it would, it would affect him a lot more last week when the it, right when it happened. You kind of saw the same thing. Uh, with Everson Griffin and the Vikings, there's kind of a whole, you know, locker room deal and there's kind of a thing to talk about and you kind of get distracted. But now that it's kind of happened, you have a week to, di- you know, digest it and everything else. I feel like it's going to be a little bit easier to get back to normal. Uh, with that being said, I feel like, uh, you know, even a running back, yeah, he's a, a difference maker, that's for sure. But how much of a difference maker, that's the question. And I don't feel like you can say that he's worth more than a point to the point spread. And even that's probably, a, I think, a stretch. I think it's more like a half a point to three quarters of a point. So, um, and with that, all that, all that too, they still have weapons. And, and on top of that, I feel like Baltimore, um, I just don't really like this team. Uh, like I said, with, with Lamar Jackson at the helm, I don't feel like he can make plays. And this will be, you know, look at the high total or higher total, 53. It's going to be a, you know, somewhat of a shootout to an extent. So, I mean, he's going to have to put up points and, and make throws. And I just have no faith really in, in Baltimore to do that, their offense to do that. So, yeah, uh, I guess it's, it comes down to see if the defense can hold Kansas City's offense. But I'll take the offense there. And uh, I know you're paying a little bit of a price here, six and a half. But I feel like it's a pretty decent bet here on uh, Kansas City, uh, anything under seven. Yeah, it's funny how we don't – we haven't discussed – I mean, we very rarely discuss many games in depth before the pod. So basically, you're giving all your reaction, and then I just reply back, obviously. But you have no idea what I'm going to say, and I don't until you say, give me your take. But pretty much the exact same take. <laughs> pretty much, you know, I'd say whatever, 70, 80% of the games here. It's pretty crazy. Um, I totally agree. Like I said last week, I was listing off the completions and attempts and yards and touchdowns interception for Lamar Jackson and just couldn't have been less impressive for the quarterback that has gone two and oh and now he's three and oh and last week again 12 of 21 125 yards passing no touchdowns no interceptions uh it's just one of those things that yeah they've been getting it done but it really hasn't had much to do at all with with the success of the quarterback that's for sure I know they got that defensive touchdown late last week they had the punt return late a couple weeks ago against Oakland. It's been just a lot of fluky things. And sometimes, you know, seasons are short enough in the NFL where you can just kind of ride good momentum and fluky plays and just kind of that, I don't know, strange season. Like I know the, the Bears of whatever, like 2000, was it six or something comes to mind where it just every week, just another fluky thing happened. They just kept riding that momentum all the way to the Super Bowl. So, you know, maybe Baltimore is a team of, you know, team of destiny like that, but um, and in those cases, I'm always going to be betting against them because what I see doesn't match up, what the the stats don't match up, and I think I, I do think that Baltimore is just garnering more support here in the markets. I think that's much more of the uh, adjustment down than I think Kareem Hunt is because I still think the the biggest people who are going to be moving those lines are aren't going to believe too much in the running back's worth, especially one that's good but not like transcendent like cream hunt so i think people are just starting to buy into baltimore more and more and, and i'm really not uh 
this is kind of an interesting game in terms of just a clashing of styles here with Kansas City just airing the ball out and uh, just you know constantly trying to put up 40 points versus Baltimore, who's obviously just taking the air out of the ball and running constantly. It'll be kind of interesting to see who wins the pace battle here. And the only thing is, if Kansas City does come out and put up points early, or Baltimore makes one or two mistakes early, and Kansas City gets ahead, is Baltimore just going to stick to the plan and keep running the ball, running the ball, and you know running the clock? Or are they going to try to let loose a little bit more with Lamar Jackson and have him try to win the game? Because if that's the case, then I feel even better about Kansas City. And even if they don't and they're successful right away, if Tyreek Hill breaks one or two big plays, you know that's enough to cover the six and a half right there. So in a rare spot, we both agree uh, pretty strongly on the favorite. And uh, I think Kansas City here on her touchdown is definitely the way to go. Next game, uh, coming back to another AFC South battle. Think, thankfully, this will be the last one. We have uh, Indy heading to Houston. Looks like Houston's a four and a half point home favorite, the total of 49 and a half. Um, yeah, my power rating here, uh, Houston four and a half, Westgate open, Houston four and a half. Look at line, Houston three, minus 120. And the total here open 48 and a half. Um, yeah, I'm a, little, I'm a little bit of upward movement here on this total. I'm actually involved in it, and I'm on the over here. Um, I think that, uh, uh, I think probably still a little, little bit of value maybe here at 49 and a half. Uh, don't love it, don't like it quite as much though, but I feel like, uh, you know, pretty simple for the most part for the handicap. I feel like hit, uh, Houston's kind of just getting better in their long-term stats or long all-season all stats uh, as, as aren't as good as what the last few weeks are just because you can see Watson, I'm pretty impressed with what he's been able to do. I think, uh, you know, he's he's looked mobile. He can make some good throws. Uh, he's been making the good throws lately. And, and like I said, just being able to be, able to be, be able to be back on his feet, to be able to make plays with his feet is a, is a huge key to moving the offense. When you see that with all these, uh, I mean, look, look at Mahomes, uh, Patrick Mahomes or whatever. I mean, it's the type of deal where, you know, that, that's pretty important here in this day and age. Uh, and you can see how much of a difference it was, whether it be confidence or just, uh, you know, be able to keep the play alive or, or get a first down when they're, you know, escapability. So I feel like that'll be a help for the over as well. Obviously, Indy, they're uh, kind of rolling, except for last week, they uh, hit that buzz on that Jacksonville defense, I guess, once uh, the situation went up there. But I think that'll be more of a, an aberration as opposed to the, uh, the the mean for them. So, yeah, I feel like uh, some points will be up on the board here. And as for the side, I really don't have much of an opinion. So I, I think uh, look over here in this game, if anything. Yeah, I kind of, I, I kind of agree. It's, I, I've been, slowly buying into Houston more and more because I do think a lot of what they have done in terms of their record is fraudulent. But I do think that Watson, I don't know if it's coming off the injury from last year or just he went through a slump there for a bit or what, but I do think what he's done here the last month and a half, two months, is not too fluky, and I think it's likely to continue. So if you're getting pretty good quarterback play, especially with a mobile quarterback like that, while he's healthy, uh, I do think you got to give them a little bit more respect than what I have been giving them for much of the season. I know last week was kind of a weird week uh, against the Browns. I know Mayfield looked pretty unimpressive and turned it over, I don't know how many times, but at least a couple times. Or they, the Browns did for sure. And then they had that one play, remember we were watching it, where they broke like a 75-yard touchdown, and then they called it back on a penalty, and then they did it again. And then the receiver fumbled as he was going into the end zone. <laughs> and it's like, you know, one of those things where, you know, stuff happens like that. But it's amazing how that one play 
could have totally changed, or two plays, I guess, if either one of those would have held up, it could have totally changed the complexion of that game and potentially how people felt about Houston going forward here. Uh, but the hard part for me to figure out is the Colts, as I do agree, I'd say last week's more of an anomaly than a trend that's likely to continue. But at the same time, uh, I could see where they kind of got hot and then up against a good defense when the Texans, I think, are at least a respectable defense as the Jacksonville was last week. You know, maybe the Colts are just a team that beats up on bad teams and has a tough time playing with good teams. I don't know that's the case, but I think you could make, kind of make a case for either side here and feel reasonably safe with it. So I think for me, it's a fairly easy pass, and this will be one I'll definitely be interested in watching on Sunday, uh, but won't be involved here from a betting standpoint unless the number really goes crazy. Next game is Cleveland heading, I mean Carolina heading to Cleveland. Looks like Carolina is a one and a half, two point road favor with a total of 47. Yeah, this game my power rating Carolina minus one. The Westgate open here at Pickham. Then the look head line was Cleveland minus one, and the total here open 47. And uh, yeah, this game here, I actually got a little bit of Carolina in my pocket, uh, minus one here on the road. Um, not that I love the handicap necessarily, but more so. I just feel like this is a game that's, uh, I, I figure it's going to three. I just want to get that in my pocket uh, right away. And kind of surprised it hasn't moved up more, actually. I I saw that number and thought it was a little bit low. Uh, and even the look at line when I was doing my numbers was surprising to me. Uh, cause I don't see like there should be a big adjustment. They're not a big adjustment, but an adjustment from Cleveland being the favorite to Carolina being the favorite. But all in all, I feel like this game by the end of the week probably going to get up to three. So that's why I took a little bit of the side there. And like I said, don't like I, not like I love the handicap, but. If it gets do, it does get to three, then I can make a decision whether I want to buy back on Cleveland taking the three, uh, have a little bit of a middle there, or just let it ride with a good number. But uh, as for the handicap itself, I feel like uh, you know Carolina's kind of their backs against the wall here. I feel like this is a I kind of said that last week, but uh, now it's definitely like that. I think that I think uh, Ron Rivera's on the hot seat. They need to win. Your boy Riverboat Ron and uh, and Cam after having a bad performance. I feel like this is a game where you know they people are kind of I, I I've been on them a little bit higher. I think here the last few weeks and they've. Had a little bit of a struggle, but I still don't really downgrade them a whole lot. I think they're still a, a decent team, so I think this will be a, a game here if they can't get it done. Even on the road line points, I feel like uh, you know their their bubble's going to deflate a little bit here. But yeah, I feel like they'll be able to get this done here uh, on the road against Cleveland. Uh, but at the s- same time, Cleveland is coming off a decent spot as well after a pretty embarrassing, not embarrassing, but a lot of mistakes that was made by Baker Mayfield last week. Like you said in that game against Houston, uh, some by him, and then other ones just you know careless mistakes or fumbles through the end zone stuff like that. That uh, you know, it's pretty frustrating. So they're going to probably be focused coming back home and trying to win. So not a great spot necessarily for either team, but uh, I feel like uh, if anything, I'll take the nod to Carolina here if I had to. Uh, no, no opinion on the total. Yeah, about what a month ago now, the Carolina ship hit a hit an iceberg and has been taken on water, and most people have fleed off you know off the boat and are in their life rafts and. Rob's grabbed his flag and he's going down with the ship on this one, huh? That's right. <laughs> it's funny because I was pretty uh, pretty against you last week there with, and didn't didn't make a play on Tampa, but I did like the Tampa side of it and didn't really just I've been pretty anti Panthers here for a while. Thought their six and two record was pretty fraudulent, but I'm actually uh, I'm back on board with you. Uh, oh you yeah, well, on over. Welcome aboard, matey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm back on the ship with you. I think this is a yeah, about as backs against the wall spot as you can possibly get. They're they got four games left: two against the Saints and one against the Falcons, who obviously aren't a great team this year, but it's still not an easy game by any means. 
and just having the Saints in two out of your last four games when you're six and six, figuring hopefully you can split with the Saints and then you win your other two to have a chance at the playoffs and go nine and seven. I feel like this is a absolute must have for the Panthers. And Cleveland, you know, they've they've shown flashes ever since Hugh Jackson has been fired. They've been an okay team and have, have played well here and there. But I think last week was kind of, uh, you know, fairly indicative of who they are. Is they can make some big plays, but they also make a lot of mistakes. And against decent teams, I think they're going to have some trouble. So I think this is a pretty good spot here for Carolina when you got all you're talking about is just winning the game outright. You don't even have to cover a number here. Uh, I think if Carolina was, you know, this game would have been played a month ago. What is Carolina here, like seven or so, something like that? Yeah, exactly. like Obviously, they haven't played good, but I also think that I thought they were pretty close to a team in between where they're valued in this game and where they were a month ago. And I think their six and six record is probably about right, but I also think they deserve to be at least a full field goal here. So, yeah, sign me up for Carolina. Let's do it. Next game is a playoff rematch from a few years ago. We got Atlanta and Green Bay. Only this time is a little bit less exciting. Looks like uh, Green Bay is laying five and a half here at home with a total of forty nine and a half. Um, yeah, my power rating here: Green Bay six and a half. Westgate open: Green Bay six. Uh, look headline here: Green Bay seven and a half, and the total forty nine is the opener. Um, yeah, I mean with this one here, it's just tough. I mean, it, to me, it really comes down to motivation, and I know you would you would expect Green Bay to be motivated here. Uh, after their coaches firing, and I mean that's kind of the way I, I would give them the edge there for sure, I guess. Especially after a pretty horrific showing, and if, if anything, Rogers is going to try to stick it to McCarthy after the firing, showing how, how how you know how much they couldn't stand each other. But so I guess you look at that way. But at the same time, uh, it's just tough here uh, for me. It's tough to lay this many points with Green Bay, especially with Atlanta. I mean, look at their season-long stats and everything. I mean, they they really haven't been that great, uh, bad of a team as as is what the stats would look at. So, I mean, it's hard for me to bet against them like that because, I mean, if they come motivated for whatever reason, if they want to go to Lambeau or, you know, who knows, against Rodgers, want to show them that they're, you know, capable players. I mean, there's a lot of different things. It's kind of just hard to tell. I mean, but both these teams are pretty much out of the playoffs. So, um, but like I said, Atlanta's a capable team. Green Bay's a capable team. So it comes down to motivation. I think you're going to give a pretty decent nod to Green Bay, I would think. But at the same time, I don't want to lay this many points. And, and like I said, in case uh, Atlanta does show up here, I feel like it could be a, a pretty even evenly matched game. So. Yeah, I think it's just uh, it's tough to tell. So if, you, if anybody has a better idea of judging motivation than I do, but uh, I don't really have a model that predicts that yet. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I'm going to pass this game. I guess it's pretty, pretty easy for me. Yeah, I, like, I was on Atlanta last week, and even though they ended up losing by 10 at home there to the Ravens, I didn't think it was that lopsided. They, they're not very good, but I also yeah, I agree that like the stats show, and I think they're just kind of a middle-of-the-road team. And I'd say that's basically what Green Bay is this year at best. I think they might even be a little bit below average. So if you're just looking at straight numbers here, I think there's value again on Atlanta. But uh, that being said, I kind of made the case last week for betting Green Bay against Arizona as 14-point favorites when they lost outright. (laughs) I kind of made the case that they've been getting beat up here, and if they can beat up on a weaker opponent, they might do it just to kind of flex their muscle and take out some some anger over the poor performances here. And obviously that wasn't the case last week. So now I'd be a little bit scared though, betting against them again, because if kind of like the, the deal with Bortles and Jacksonville, if Rogers and potentially it's, a, I think it's almost a question of, does he have any, um, you know, support in the locker room for people that are ready to 
up there, you know, up their their level of effort as well as along with him to really stick it to McCarthy, or is he just kind of the his own his own lone soldier there off, off in the corner of the locker room by himself, and the rest of the team's not going to step up in effort at all, and it's just going to be him trying to stick it to McCarthy. And then if that's the case, is he good enough to to cover the number by himself if he's dialed in? Uh, it's just it's kind of hard to tell. So strictly based on numbers, I like Atlanta, but it's another spot here where I'm kind of afraid to bet against Green Bay because you're not really sure exactly what you're going to get from them. So I think another one that's kind of interesting, even though it's two teams really have nothing to play for, but I uh, won't be involved in this one from a betting standpoint, most likely either. Next game is a Rematch of an uh, NFC South battle this time. We got New Orleans trying to avenge their loss uh, against Tampa Bay. Looks like New Orleans is a eight-point road favorite here with a total of fifty-six. Um, yeah, my uh, power rating here: New Orleans six and a half. Westgate open: New Orleans nine and a half. Look headline here: New Orleans eleven. Total pretty high. Highest of the week: fifty-seven and a half. Uh, was the opener. Um, and it's been bet down since, like you said, a little bit, but uh, yeah, high opener there just shows you the. Not the respect, but I guess more so the the a little bit of the defense for Tampa of how awful it's been all year, just season long stats, and then the, these high powered offenses or at least the offenses that can put up points, uh, unlike what we saw from New Orleans on Thursday. But um, yeah, this this game here is simple to me. I mean, it's uh, it's Tampa Bay or pass, get the points. I mean, you're getting more than a touchdown. Uh, just uh, I feel like that's a that's a good number. You're getting good value uh, to a point. But like I said, the, the look headline was uh, more than. Or was double digits, so I guess value from a, a certain perspective, but not much value from uh, what you could have gotten at uh, earlier. But at the same time, um, they, I don't really love it that much. I think Tampa's, I think they're going to be due here for kind of a blowout loss. That's kind of what I expected to a point last week. The Carolina's going to kind of go in there and blow them out. And uh, but they've had uh, two pretty decent wins, pretty impressive wins. Uh, a blowout the two weeks ago, and then last week looking pretty good against Carolina. So. Uh, not like I'm just betting on them to not have a good game, but I just I feel like they're a little bit fraudulent. I don't really not really a big fan of Winston. I feel like he's been decent, and I feel like he's uh, about ready to be making some mistakes here and have a big game where uh, you know a lot of interceptions and in a game like this too. I mean, if you make a few mistakes against a Saints team, uh, most people and myself have not power rated number one team in football. I mean, it's pretty tough to go toe to toe when you make any kind of mistakes, and I feel like higher total you're gonna have to put up points, and and it's just gonna prime uh, someone like Winston to make mistakes. So yeah, uh, I I. Uh, hesitantly take uh, Tampa Bay getting the points, but I don't even know if I'll be able to get there or not. But uh, that'd be the way I'd look. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of agree. I just looking at it blindly without really thinking too in depth about anything. I'm just like, yeah, give me Tampa here, getting over a touchdown at home. And the Saints, it's kind of been overblown. I think to some extent, based on stats, how much Drew Brees in New Orleans has struggled outdoors. But at the same point, it, it's shown, I think, how much more explosive they are at home in the Dome there. So even if they are, aren't are bad on the road, they're definitely less explosive and less inclined to put up a bunch of points to cover big numbers like this uh, outdoors. And, um, you know, New Orleans, they're obviously a really good explosive team, but it seems like they're due for, you know, last week's loss on a short week at the Cowboys, it, they weren't expected to lose, obviously, when they're seven and a half point road favorite. But at the same time, it was somewhat excusable, or you know, it's a division leading team on a short week. You can kind of give them a pass on some level for that. But I think it wouldn't surprise me at all if they have one kind of stinker, one 
pretty terribly executed game here down the stretch, and wouldn't surprise me at all if it was this one against Tampa. But that being said, there's a few factors that are keeping me, I don't know about necessarily totally off Tampa, but is making it hesitant for me to bet. The fact that Tampa beat the Saints in week one in a fairly high-scoring game, and they won fairly easily, uh, that I could see New Orleans up for revenge, and that's kind of scary. Uh, along with having a few extra days to prepare, when you combine those together, <laughs> it's kind of scary to take, you know, a rolling Jameis Winston for the last, you know, somewhat rolling. He hasn't been nearly as mistake-prone as he can be, or as we've seen him be, and he usually doesn't go on long stretches where he's not mistake-prone. But he's been fairly clean for a couple weeks here, and now you got a well-rested and hungry to write the record straight after an embarrassing offensive performance last week. Saints team, that's kind of a scary recipe, even though you are catching, you know, over a touchdown here with Tampa. But then also, like you mentioned with the look-ahead line, there's a th- whatever over two point. I think it's like a three or three and a half point adjustment from just last week. That's kind of you just kind of feel like you're buying Tampa a little high. And even if New Orleans is kind of coming back down to where I think they should be, it's just I don't know if I really want to pay a premium with the Tampa team if you look at it from that perspective. So all in all, I probably will talk myself into taking a little Tampa by the end of the week, but definitely a little bit more hesitantly than I would like it to be. Next game is the Jets heading to Buffalo. Looks like Buffalo here is a three to three, three with extra juice or three and a half point home favor with a total of 38 yeah my power in here buffalo three and a half westgate open buffalo three and a half look at line buffalo three total here open 38 and a half and yeah, not much moving on this game and i had myself i really don't have much of an opinion i mean uh, it seems like buffalo i was on him last week you were on him last week uh, you liked him quite a bit more than me actually and uh pick of the week and had a play on him but um and, and very easily could have or maybe should have won that game uh the stat line there against the Dolphins pretty crazy. The the just I was yeah just I don't know what the exact stats were, but just uh, the total yardage was uh, way way more for Buffalo than Miami. So goes to show you they move the ball up and down. I think that has a lot to do with Allen, the quarterback uh, for Buffalo. I think he's uh, he's been pretty solid. I've been pretty impressed with him. Uh, but you know now the problem with this now now you're talking about value. You're talking about uh, buying high. I mean that's what you're gonna be doing with Buffalo now. Buying high on Buffalo and I won't say buying low on the Jets, but definitely lower. And um, I'm just not ready to do that with Buffalo. I mean they've been the worst team power rating wise for at least the first part of the season, I'd say. Um, I know they had a switch, switch in quarterback and some other things, but uh, it's uh, now, now they're talking about getting some little bit of uh, a little bit of praise and a little bit of, you know, pats on the back of doing pretty well and pretty competitive team. But uh, I'm not saying that's not true, but just for me, uh, I mean, especially when you have to lay the extra hook here, it's just, uh, I don't know, even laying three, I really don't like the idea of that. So I don't know. For me, it's a pretty easy pass all in all. Yeah, I pretty much totally agree. It's, I've had Buffalo in the hand, last handful of weeks where they're catching three and a half, four at home, catching four and a half on the road. Now they're in a totally different role where you're asking them to either to either lay a field goal in juice or more than a field goal. Just not really a role. I really have much confidence in this Buffalo team. Uh, I do agree that Jake Allen, or no, Josh Allen. <laughs> yeah, it's Josh. I, I was screwing you up there with Jake, yeah. Yeah, no, but I think you said that the one time, and now I keep thinking that every single time, too. And every time I say it, it sounds right, and then I have to correct myself. Yeah, so Josh Allen, he, I think he's looked not, like, incredible by any means, but at least he's competent NFL quarterback to some degree. 
unlike Peterman and whoever the hell they had, what, Matt Barkley. And unlike those guys, uh, they look, he looks like he can at least make some plays and move around a little bit in the pocket and kind of make some things happen here and there. As opposed to the Jets, uh, McCown, I thought he was going to be a decent, just kind of warm body to, to play somewhat competent NFL-level quarterback, but that really hasn't been the case, including when I felt so confident about the Jets at home a few weeks ago to start that whole thing up for him. Uh, and obviously Buffalo just rolled over the Jets that game, so who knows if it's going to be a spot where the Jets are going to want revenge or Buffalo is matched up well with them or what, but uh, I, I, just, I don't think I really feel confident in any port, part of this game, really. Uh, the Jets will have Sam Darnold probably back quarterback by all accounts, and I think by the way McCown's played, he, you can't say that it's not a upgrade, even though Darnold hasn't been great. So just a lot of unknowns here, and I do kind of agree that it feels like you're buying Buffalo a little bit high here, and that's something I don't really have a whole lot of interest in doing, so I will likely be passing this one as well. One thing that's kind of interesting is that's another total in the 30s. It seems like there's a handful of lower totals now. Like, it's not like, I think they are higher overall, but it seems like there's a lot, it seems like there's a lot of uh, variance where some of them skew really high and some skew really low here, depending on the teams. But Yeah, I wonder besides, if that has to do with just the thought that it's harder to come up with offenses that are successful with uh, scheming and stuff. If it's, you know, all off season or something, or you know, defenses can figure offenses out with some film or what, yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what the, I know it's the same thing. I was thinking the same thing when I was doing my numbers uh, last week and, and specifically this week. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, something to kind of keep in mind or maybe do some research or whatever to going forward. Uh, next game, we go from one AFC East battle to another. Got New England heading to Miami. New England, seven and a half point favorites on the road. Total 47. Um, yeah, my power rating here, New England minus eight and a half. Westgate open, New England eight and a half. Look at line, New England ten and a half. And the total here open 47 and a half. Another one here, I guess I uh, don't have a good feel for these uh, AFC East teams, I guess. But, yeah, I don't uh, I don't really have a whole lot of opinion here again. Um, if anything, I'd look, uh, again, kind of like the Tampa handicap, maybe look at Miami here, um, getting, getting getting the points. And But I think, I think if anything, I guess I'd, I'd look at that even more than I would the Tampa game. I, I do like Miami a little bit, I guess, uh, the more I think about it. Um, didn't really digest this game a whole lot. But uh, the more I think about it, yeah, just that extra hook is a little bit juicy to me, uh, getting the seven and a half. Because I feel like the the thing with that, I think Tannehill's a pretty capable quarterback. I've, I've maybe I'm a little bit higher on him than most, or maybe than I should be. But I feel like he, uh, not that he played great necessarily last week, but I just feel like I have some kind of a fighting chance, especially with the, especially with putting up points. And you know, with him, I think the other thing too is you know obviously that that back door is uh, is wide open with uh, with Tannehill. So yeah, I guess. Uh, uh, not not a strong strong opinion necessarily, but yeah, if you get a seven plus a hook uh, with the Dolphins, I feel like that'd be take a look there, cause especially with this New England team, one and covered against the uh, the Vikings, but not not very impressive to me. I haven't been that very impressive a team I think all season, and kind of like they always are. So it is tough to bet, bet against New England, but feels like uh, you know this might be a, a good time here to to keep the game close here in a divisional battle. So how many games Tannehill has been back for two games now? So they had that close loss by three at the Colts, and then they won that kind of coin flip game last week against the Bills. So yeah, you could make the you could make the case that if Tannehill's at least a competent quarterback, and New England's not a powerhouse by any means this this year. Even that winning last week against the Vikes by fourteen at home was a little misleading. They were basically nip tuck there most of the game until the last 
last little bit where they pulled ahead. So I think that's uh, the way I would look. And then you factor in, I'm not a big you know, matchup history guy by any means, but for some, whatever reason, New England going down to Miami has kind of been a house of horrors for them over the course of the years, even when Miami's been pretty terrible. So I think Miami's, they're not good. Obviously, betting against them last week, but I think that was a, it wasn't like two terrible teams just in a pillow fight. I think it was a little bit more impressive both ways. So the fact that Buffalo played a pretty good game and still lost, I think is a little bit uh, pro-Miami more than just bad Buffalo. So, I don't know, I think catching over a touchdown here with Miami I don't, I don't know if I'm necessarily going to bet it or not, but I think that's absolutely the way I would look. And I could absolutely see, the, even if the Pats do win this game, I could see it being kind of a take care of business, you know, win by four or six points and get out of town type game. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Don't feel too strongly about it, though. Next game, we have the Giants headed to Washington. Whoa, this number's shot up here, I think. Giants, three and a half point favorites on the road with a total of 41. Yeah, it's a big change. That's what I was going to get to. Uh, one of the biggest movers we've seen all year, obviously uh, injury-related. But, um, yeah, this one here, power rating, Giants 3 at the current situation. And then uh, Westgate open here. Like I said, that's an interesting one. Washington open 2.5 before the Monday night game. And then a little bit of money came in against them on the Giants, and I think it kind of was 1.5 that's where it was sitting before kickoff. And then on Tuesday morning it reopened uh, Giants 3.5, so a pretty big pretty big swing there and obviously uh the reason being what's that i was just gonna say is i mean i'm not the biggest mark sanchez fan don't go don't get me wrong but is is he really four points worse than colt mccoy yeah i don't know that's why it's kind of confusing to me as well i don't know <laughs> that uh yeah your boy colt mccoy the yeah i don't know i'm not sure it's uh but anyway yeah to me this is a little fishy like you said i kind of have the same you know the same feeling with this game and uh I don't, I don't know. I don't really have an opinion either. Um, it's just hard for. I mean, do you really want to lay points with the Giants here on the road? I mean, it's kind of the same, same type of script. But laying points with the Giants here on the road, or not really sure what you're going to get with Washington with the motivation and the quarterback and um, and everything. But yeah, I mean, if, I think if anything, you got to take the points here with Washington. But I definitely don't feel too good about it. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's hard to feel good back in Mark Sanchez, but it feels like the you got Sanchez. The Giants. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know if I really want you know the Sanchez, but I mean the Giants. Yeah, they beat the Bears last week, and, and I don't know. I wasn't like they beat a powerhouse, even though the Bears look like really good based on their record and everything. You had Chase Daniel in there, and, and then you had the Giants losing to Philly a couple weeks ago and kind of collapsing. But I still think they're thought of pretty highly by the markets in general, and people just look at the Giants and see all their fantasy studs and. They'd give them a lot of credit, even though they're four and eight and have nothing to play for at this point, as opposed to the Redskins, who yeah are banged up. But I just don't the way Colt McCoy was playing. I was kind of uh, speculating on Washington a little bit here the last few weeks, thinking that is Colt McCoy really that much worse than Alex Smith? And I don't know if he was or not, but they've got nothing done offensively here under Colt McCoy. So I don't know. Maybe Sanchez is just horrifically bad and. It's just a wasted bet in general. But if he can just not be a disaster, getting three and a half here seems like a huge bargain against a somewhat overvalued Giants team. So it feels like a classic example here of 
buying Washington at about as low as they could possibly been, or they have been all year, and selling the Giants as high as they've been all year. So I think uh, I'll just kind of kind of hold my nose and ride the Sanchez and take the three and a half at home and hope the uh, defense and the rest of the team can kind of carry their way to a victory or a close loss. All right, on to the afternoon games. Looks like we've got four afternoon games this week. Uh, first one we got is Denver heading to San Francisco. Looks like Denver's a four-and-a-half, five-point road favor, the total of 45-and-a-half. Yeah, my power rating here, Denver three-and-a-half. Westgate open, Denver six. Look at line here, Denver four-and-a-half, and the total open 43-and-a-half. Um, I got a bet here already on San Francisco. Uh, not my own play, but uh, from somebody else, and not really a big fan of it myself. Uh, I mean, that'd be the way I guess I lean, but uh, it's just I don't. I really don't like the San Francisco team right now. I, I'm all into that good game. Uh, like I said last week, I had that good game when he came there on Monday Night Football and looked pretty impressive. But again, once he knew I had a big wager on the, the Raiders, he yeah. decided to step it up for that one yeah. game. Well, he's got. Yeah, I figured I'd put you to shame and put you, put you where you're in. Yeah, put put your bet where your mouth is. But yeah, I don't know. Um, haven't really liked him. He hasn't. But I, I think the stat line, if you do look at the stats from him, what he put up last week, it was, uh, just look at the box score, it would be pretty impressive because he put up good numbers, um, a lot of yards. But uh, All that garbage time when yeah. you're down 24 against Seattle? Yeah, that's why you got to take a, exactly take a big... Uh, grain of salt? Yeah, yeah, take it with a grain of salt. But yeah, big caution flag whenever you uh, take look at those stats strictly. you got to, you know, maybe definitely good t- good idea to look at them. you got to make sure you put a little common sense into them as well, but... Um. Yeah. I. I don't know. To me, this is the number's kind of right where it should be. I. Me personally, I don't really have an opinion either way at all. Uh, in total as well, I feel like it's kind of right where it is. It's, this game's another easy pass for me. Yeah, I'm with you. I want to bet against Denver, but this banged up hasn't really shown anything in a month. San Francisco team isn't the team I want to do it with. Uh, when they're out of it already, their home field's not that great to begin with. Let alone when they're in this position. You know, they go and they get blown out by Tampa. They get blown out by Seattle. Uh, they're just not really a team I want to back right now. And at this point spread, I agree that's the only way I'd look. But I just really think this Denver, their defense is solid. But I just think they're pretty fraudulent in the way they've been winning games. It's just kind of hard for me to imagine that they're going to kind of kind of keep this up the rest of the year. But at the same time, when you're playing teams like San Francisco every week or a lot of weeks, you know, like Cincinnati last week, they ended up winning by 14. And I'm patting myself on the back here for holding off of Cincy because it's kind of a similar spot to this where it's like, all right, it's not a great team, then, but you're catching four or five, six points at home against a Denver team that I just don't think is good enough to be laying that many points on the road. But luckily I stayed away last week, and I kind of feel similar. Maybe it'll be the same situation this week. And hopefully Denver is a team, if they do keep going, they'll sneak into the playoffs, and then we can – uh, bet large against them in round one and, you know, bet uh, a Houston or a Pittsburgh or what, whatever at, you know, minus seven, minus six, something like that at home. Because so I will absolutely be on that side if it gets down to that. Yeah, it looks like uh, some San Francisco steam's coming in as, as we speak. All right. There you go. Uh, next game is, speaking of that Cincinnati club, <laughs> that uh, just terrible Cincinnati club, it looks like they're heading to the Chargers. Chargers 14-point favorites at home with a total of 48. Yeah, my power rating here, Chargers 14, Westgate open, Chargers 14.5. Look at line, Chargers 15.5, total open 48. Another quick one for me, I don't want to belabor it anymore. Uh, I mean, I know this one's tough. I, I mean, I don't know how you could bet either either one of these sides, uh, again, and since your pass for me, but 
just laying this many points with the Chargers. I mean, really, uh, I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I couldn't do it with with your money there, Frank. So, especially uh, in the spot off that yeah. Sunday night huge comeback and prime time. Yeah, exactly. Flying back across country. Absolutely. So yeah, it's a pretty down spot. So I mean, I, I guess you got to look uh, if anywhere getting the the two touchdowns with Cincy. But uh, I don't know. Just to me, it's, it's a tough team to back. I, I can spend my money and invest it uh, a little bit better in, in other places uh, rather than back in Driscoll and the Cincy team that's just in shambles. So. Obviously, if I had to bet and force me to, I'd go that way. But other than that, uh, yeah, most likely won't be betting this game. I am debating. <laughs> I'm debating Cincy or not. Take a little bit I, of that Cincy uh, potion or what? <laughs> I agree. I mean, I held off last week and I'm glad I did. And it's just, it just kind of seems like a classic Chargers come out flat and they finally figure it out and score a couple times late. But 14, especially if it gets above 14. That's just a lot of points in an NFL game, and Cincinnati is pretty bad. You know, Driscoll's been super underwhelming here for the whole time, basically, his game in for Dalty. But, and then I guess A.J. Green out kind of takes away a dimension of their offense, too. So it's not something that I would do comfortably or confidently. But I think, I mean, they're not like a, I don't think the Chargers are a historically great team or the Cincinnati is an historically bad team. So when you're talking about getting this many points, I just feel like you're catching a few extra points here with Cincy, and maybe that doesn't matter because they've kind of quit and packed it in. But uh, I don't know if I'm going to get there or not, so it's just kind of a matter of if you could make a case feel strongly enough for Cincy in this game, and I'm still kind of on the fence there. Next afternoon game is another clunker. Looks like we got Detroit road favorites here which is saying something. Heading to Arizona. Looks like Detroit's three on the road, or two and a half with juice, a uh, total of 40 and a half. Yeah, power rating here, Detroit minus one. Westgate open, Detroit one and a half. Look headline, Detroit three and a half. Total here open, 40 and a half. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, this is another game. I mean, yeah, I'll, it's pretty much the same thing here on repeat. I don't really feel too confident, but if you just take uh, – Force me to bet the game. I'm going to take Arizona. I mean, again, how can you lay points here with Detroit on the road? <laughs> um, but you know, spot wise, again, uh, I was on Detroit last week and it's pretty deflating loss against the Rams. Uh, pretty tough. You know, a lot of mistakes I think made in that game, and Stafford just looked really bad. He just didn't look uh, like Stafford at all. I don't know if it's just uh, some kind of physical restriction or some kind of motivation or, or just not caring. I, I don't. I don't know. I'm not sure. It's just again hard to pinpoint what the. What the problem is, uh, maybe coaching, uh, who knows. But uh, yeah, Arizona, uh, obviously not a good spot for them, though, either after a big win uh, in, uh, in with Green Bay uh, being double-digit, two-touchdown dogs there it's, uh, you know, and end up winning outright. So, I mean, they're uh, going to be living high there and uh, you know, pretty fat and happy, have a pretty big win. So another, another game here, I just, uh, I'm, I don't know. A low total, I think it's kind of interesting how low the total is uh, with the Detroit team. I feel like defense isn't that good and uh, someone that, until the ball, I think that probably, if anything, speaks volumes for uh, Stafford, where his game is at right now, and that, that offense for Detroit is kind of pretty stagnant. Yeah, it's interesting. I think, like, well, first of all, I have zero interest in playing a field goal on the road with Detroit right now, but I also have zero interest in backing the Cardinals and only catching three at home. So I won't be involved in the game, but it is, like, I mean, I could see either, you know, Monday storyline, that you know, Detroit beats up bad teams and they lose to good teams and Stafford's record against bad teams versus good teams, and they win fairly easily at Arizona. Or I could see a deal where, you know, oh, maybe Arizona's gaining some momentum here late in the season, and then there's a little bit of hype for them going into next year. Uh, I could kind of see that going either way. So 
I just have no feel in this game. Don't think there's really any value on either side, and I I just don't even really see how you could really make a strong case for this. Uh, basically, either way. And our last afternoon game, pretty terrible slate of afternoon games here. This is uh, not a bad afternoon to t- kind of take it off and go to something else if you're not invested in one of these four. But the last one we have is Philadelphia-Dallas. Looks like Dallas is a three-and-a-half point home favor with a total of 43. I think we got one more, right? That Pittsburgh-Oakland? Or... Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Jump the gun. So we got five afternoon games. But, yeah, the Pittsburgh-Oakland doesn't really help the case much, huh? No, I was going to say right in line with everything else, but... Yeah, we probably got the best one of the slate here. Like you said, Philly-Dallas. Um, my power in here, Dallas minus 6. Westgate open, Dallas minus 4. Look at line, Dallas 3.5. And, and the total here open, 43.5. Oh, yeah, my power, my number suggests. I think, uh, if anything, I'd look at Dallas here, I think. I haven't really been too high on them all year, but I feel like they're kind of catching some steam. I, the one thing I don't like after a big win, obviously, on Thursday night there against the Saints, uh, a little tough to back on maybe buying high, but at the same time, uh, I think it'd be a similar sentiment there with the Philadelphia after a big Monday night win. That's a, a divisional divisional game. I get it, another divisional game as well, but um, yeah, a little extra hook. Um, I, I don't, I don't really mind it here in this game. I guess I feel like uh, that Dallas should be able to win here and, and take care of business. I think Philadelphia has been, I don't know, I, I've been on them a lot here, but lately, but I feel like this. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I put a whole lot in a whole lot of stock into their win last uh, on, on Monday there a few days ago. So I don't necessarily love it, but I feel like maybe it's a little bit tad too low, and I won't be surprised this one closed uh, you know four and a half, five somewhere in there. So I feel like uh, a little, maybe a little bit of value, touch of value at three and a half uh, on Dallas. Yeah, I tend to agree, but it seems like so many of these games there's just kind of conflicting uh, whatever like to you know situations or. The you know pros and cons to to either side. <sighs> I I agree that I just think Dallas. Or I mean I think Philadelphia is just that win against Mark Sanchez and and Washington really isn't that impressive. But I just don't think they've been playing good football here for a while now. But at the same time, after they get that win, now they're kind of right back in the hunt. And if they can beat Dallas here, then they're right back in the. Uh, what they'd be a game back in the division, and uh, they'd be right back in. Or no, they'd be. Well, they'd both be seven and six, so they'd be tied for the division lead. So you know they're going to be. I think both teams will be ultra motivated, but at the same time, I think if you're going to say who's going to be a little bit more ecstatic and prepare less meticulously, I would definitely say the Cowboys coming off a huge win like that against the Saints in prime time uh, at home. I just feel like they'll kind of be reading their press clippings and talking about how great they are and thinking like, oh, you know, maybe the Cowboys can compete with the, the big dogs in the NFC. So I I totally agree with you that I think this seems like a, a tad bit short, but it's just I'm a little bit hesitant to pull the trigger laying over a field goal with a defensive-minded team when I don't think the spots really, I think, slightly dis- you know favors Philadelphia even though they are in the short week. So I think you can make that case too. So all in all, I uh, don't feel super confidently. I'd probably lean to Dallas with you, but I don't, I don't think I have any intention of betting this game. Well, one thing to know too, the look headline, like I said, three and a half, and then it really didn't move much from the look headline. And you'd think out of the two wins, you'd think the Dallas wouldn't be extremely way more impressive than the Philadelphia yeah. win. So I'm kind of surprised, like I said, that didn't move more off the opener. But uh, so I don't really feel like you're buying 
you're not necessarily buying higher off that one win that Dallas had last week, other than just the fact that, like you said, their motivation and preparation for the next game. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think you're actually buying high on Dallas per se. It's just they're a team that I feel like you know defensive-minded teams are just hard to lay many points with, and this isn't a ton of points. Like three and a half is obviously fairly easy to swallow, but I just feel like I don't know. I just kind of have a weird gut feeling too that this Philly teams look so bad and dead most of the year, and they just still do have a ton of injuries, specifically in their secondary. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if they somehow won that game and then you just have a total log jam again at the top of the NFC East and you're not really sure any of these teams are any good or terrible or, you know, anywhere in between. So <sighs> I'm not saying that that's going to happen. I'm just saying that scares me enough to where I'm going to stay away and don't totally trust Dallas, even though I was on them last week and they came through for me. Uh, last afternoon game, for real this time, is Pittsburgh laying ten and a half, eleven on the road, heading to Oakland. Total of forty, or I mean fifty-one and a half. Yeah, power rating Pittsburgh minus eleven. Westgate open Pittsburgh eleven. Look at line Pittsburgh minus thirteen in the total here. Open fifty-one and a half. Another quick one, easy one for me. Um, like you said, take the afternoon off here. I don't have much to see uh, for myself. A Dallas Philly game, I think, will be interesting. So maybe uh, you know, section that one off. But other than that, uh, it's pretty. Pretty weak slate of games, and this one uh, follows suit. So, uh, again, Oakland, uh, I think if anything, you'd say that they've been pretty capable to uh, you know keep games. Looks like their effort's there. Uh, they just don't have the talent. So I'd rather have effort over talent and, and team, with teams like this. So, um, uh, But at the same time, they, they are just so bad. And then uh, Pittsburgh, too, coming off that bad loss. I mean, they, they're going to need this game really badly. So they're going to be ultra-motivated, you'd think. But at the same time, um, this is a typical spot for Pittsburgh. They kind of play down to their competition. It seems like every week, uh, or up to their competition, whatever the, you know, the, whoever they're playing, whatever foe they have. So uh, I feel like it's maybe a lot of points for this Pittsburgh team to be laying on the road. But, uh, again, I don't, I just don't have a whole lot of interest in, in taking a bet in the Oakland right now late in the season. Yeah, man, I, I would actually love Oakland here if Pittsburgh would have held on and won that Chargers game comfortably last night on Sunday night. And they probably would have been even catching another point or two here, like taking, you know, Oakland plus 12 and a half after a fat against a fat and sassy Pittsburgh team there. I would have been much more intriguing than this 11 or 10 and a half or whatever after the way the Pittsburgh blew that. You would feel like they're going to come out fairly motivated here. And now they dropped down to 7, 4, and 1. So, I mean, they're only, what, a half. They're, the Ravens are 7 and 5. So, I mean, talk about now the division's in play. Uh, even if they do continue to win, the seeding for the playoffs is in play. So you should get a pretty motivated Steelers team here. But yeah, this just seems like, it almost seems like every year there's, this is a matchup with Pittsburgh heads to Oakland as like a three-point road favorite. And then it's just a weird game where something goofy happens late and they either lose the game outright or they get a weird freak cover and win by six. But now obviously this is a little bit different situation with how bad Oakland is when you're talking about laying doubles with Pittsburgh. So I would have absolutely loved this uh, if it would have been a different outcome there on the Sunday night. But the way it stands now, I I lean Oakland. And for the reasons you mentioned with the way that they actually are, it seems like they're playing hard. Uh, just seems like them catching doubles at home is a decent bet. But I, like I said, I'm not nearly as enthusiastic about it as I would have been. All right, it's uh, Sunday night. Got the Rams heading to Chicago. It uh, looks like Trubisky will be back for this one by all reports. And uh looks like the Rams are laying three on the road with 52.5 total. Um, Yeah, i got to find out my notes here since, uh, yeah, the game got flexed in. Um, Yeah, the Rams here, my power rating, Rams minus 2.5. I 
Westgate opened Rams minus four. Look at line was Rams minus three in the total here, 52 and a half. And I think all the all those lines considered, I think expected uh, Trubisky to be coming back here. I think that's kind of why he was a little bit of a game time decision last week and could borderline on the fence to play. But I think that was a coaching decision kind of to keep him off to, to make sure he's fully healthy and in preparation for this game. This is obviously a huge game here, uh, potentially for seeding purposes. Um, if, if, if they can make a run at Chicago, but you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm not too high on the Chicago team, not too high on Trubisky, but I think there is a pretty big, a decent amount of difference there between Trubisky and uh, Chase Daniels. So I, I never thought I'd say that, but, uh, I think he hasn't been as, uh, it just, just Trubisky's mobility, I guess, definitely helps. Kind of like I mentioned uh, earlier about Watson for Houston. I think just the mobility is definitely makes a huge deal. Even if you're unable to, you know, have the good uh, downfield threat or anything along those lines or be able to make accurate throws. I think to be able to scramble is definitely helpful, uh, obviously in this league too. So, um, but as for, after the, the handicap, I don't know. Um, another one, I think it'll be a good game. At least we get a good game and a good flex, <laughs> but at the same time, uh, I, I just, this feels like a similar spot that Chicago had similar point spread range with that, you know, New England game when they New England went to Chicago and, just these close games with these point spreads, I just don't really trust Chicago as much um, against these good teams. Like I said, yeah, you're getting a field goal at home. So, I mean, that's just uh, the pass would tell you just to take that, take the plus three at home uh, and, and take the points, uh, but and taking the home dog. But I don't know. I, I just don't know if I could do it. But the other token, the coin, the Rams, I think that was one of the most fraudulent covers we've seen all year. Uh, like I said, almost lost the game laying uh, double digits and, and, and ended, up, ended up covering that game. So. I don't know this Ram, and then and on top of that, Goff just looked really off, uh, off of sorts, and, and the whole offense just looked a little shaky. They didn't really look as explosive and powerful as they did at the start of the season. So I won't be surprised if they're kind of coming back to the, you know, the mean a little bit regressing. So I don't know. I guess all in all, I'm really not too high in either of these teams. So I guess uh, two negatives don't equal positive in this case. So I think I'm gonna probably just stay away. Yeah, I, I agree with you on Trubisky. I don't, I, I wouldn't want him as my quarterback for the long term. I just don't really like the way his game will project and uh you know maybe i'll be wrong about that but i absolutely wouldn't i don't like him as a long-term quarterback but as far as short-term goes i do think his mobility is key and is a huge uh, i shouldn't say huge but is a sizable upgrade from uh daniels how bad he looked or daniel whatever it is um and the, the rams i think is kind of the interesting component of this game here uh it's you know coming off the bye last week playing at Detroit, you wonder if they were totally invested in that game and if maybe they were kind of looking ahead here. And you wonder how much of the bye week they spent looking ahead to the Chicago game and just figuring they could take care of Detroit one way or another. As I, I, I'd love, I like the Rams here quite a bit, but that's the one thing that kind of gives me pause is why did Goff look so bad last week and why did the Rams look so sluggish for the most part? And even though they did, yeah, fraudulently cover that game, uh, that performance definitely was enough if you watch it to kind of give you some pause going into this week. But I'm going to hopefully contribute that to or attribute that to the fact that they were kind of looking ahead and or sluggish coming out of the bye and kind of give them a pass on that offense performance. And I just think good to elite offense is going to trump defense nine times out of ten in this, this day and age NFL. So I feel I hate laying these short road favorites because – Generally, that's the square side, but that's absolutely the way I'm looking at this one. I've uh, been looking to bet against Chicago here for a while. I've done it a couple times, and uh, hopefully it comes through again for me here. So I'll be on the Rams here, minus three on the road. And finally, 
We got the Monday Nighter. We got the Vikes heading to Seattle. Looks like Seattle's uh, three with some juice or three and a half point home favor. The total of 45, 45 and a half. Um, yeah, my power rating here is Seattle minus four. Westgate open Seattle three. Look at line Seattle three. And the total open 45. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of What's that? Yeah, 40, 45. A little jingle. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not, not gonna lie here. I'm kind of surprised by this number. I thought it'd be a little bit higher. Like my power rating says four, uh, four is my number and you know, people pre- can't get enough of the Vikes. Yeah, I guess uh, my number's a little bit off that, uh, you know, almost, uh, you know, I'd say about a point and a half, uh, consensus here on the, on the, on the, on the numbers. So, um, I, not that I love Seattle necessarily, cause you're kind of, you're buying pretty high with them. But again, you, know, you look at the way Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll performed in December, November, you know, late in the season, they've been kind of like Bill Belichick and. And Brady esque, they've been uh, you know pretty good closing out the season, and uh, you know they're kind of again here. They've kind of no one's really been talking to them in the first part of the season. Now they're kind of getting some, uh, you know, building up some of their motivation, building up some of their their bandwagon, and going in here. So I mean, yeah, you're talking about basically the numbers saying that Minnesota's a half a point point better. I'd say uh, judging by my power ratings and the home field advantages I give to this team, uh, Seattle I give four biggest home field advantage in the in the NFL. So. I don't really know how you can make the case that Minnesota's a better team right now. I just, I don't know. The, like we talked about, the, we talked about last week when they, they played in the afternoon against the Patriots. It's just, they didn't really, I don't think the Patriots looked that impressive at all. They made that stupid interception and that was Brady made it late that gave Vikings a chance, but still there's just nothing there. Uh, that offensive play calling, I think it's real suspect. Uh, uh, John D. Filippo, I don't know. It's uh, People are giving a lot of credit. I know someone was joking about it. I think uh, maybe it was Michael Lombardi on Monday talking about how he's basically going around advertising, basically looking for a head coaching job. It's like, well, how about, how about you focus on the job you got here? Because it's, uh, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I, not very impressive. I guess what it comes down to to me at, uh, some of the, the play calling and decision makings. And I know you'll probably talk about that, that one short run that we had uh, run right up the middle, but anyway, he can go on and on about that. But I don't, all in all to me, I just really don't trust this team, uh, this Minnesota team going on the road here to Seattle. And I mean, not just look at the straight game, but then you look at, the, the games that they've had to play here as of late. Uh, you talk about the Packers, Patriots. I mean, talk about some pretty good competition with good quarterbacks that uh, they've had to get up for. And uh, I just, I really don't trust this team right now. So I'm not going to rush the window on Seattle, but uh, I, I'm, I'm, this would normally be a spot where you take the Vikings, I think, getting the extra hook. But uh, I just don't really like it in this spot as much as I normally would. Yeah, I mean, who who these teams beat? You look at Seattle and their best win is the Panthers a couple weeks ago. Or I guess the Cowboys kind of early in the year when they were not playing that great. Then you look at the Vikes and it's like, okay, the Eagles earlier in the year when they weren't playing that great. Or, you know, the Packers. <laughs> like, neither of these teams really had too many uh, impressive victories here. So maybe it's, uh you know, kind of fitting that they're going to battle it out here for playoff card seating, uh, you know, uh, prevalency here. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's... It is amazing how much heat DiFilippo or DiFilippo is catching locally. I know tons of people were pointing at him after last game, and I think rightfully so. I mean, I don't know if he should necessarily be fired, like a lot of people are calling for, but I think he is, uh, I think, underperforming, and it was aggravating how many of those you know, fourth and 11s and third and 18s, and, the you know, it's... It's aggravating when your quarterback checks down and just hits running back and get tackled the ball short of the sticks. But a lot of those were, I don't know if they were designed for that or if that's just Cousins kind of 
uh, you know, improvising on the fly and doing that. But there's like that fourth and eleven where he checked down immediately to Treadwell and looked like it was just a designed, all right, quick hitter, get him to him three yards and let him try to make uh, the D back miss a tackle and get pick up the first down. Like if that was a design play, I mean that'd almost be cause for being fired on the spot. But there's just been so many head scratchers like that that it's been pretty aggravating as a fan or as a backer to uh, to have the Vikings in your pocket. So, I don't know. Um, yeah, then that fourth and one call was just horrendous where they went for it and they pull everybody in for some reason and then they dive, run a running back dive right up the middle. It's like you look at Belichick or all the smart, good teams in the league. If you're going to run dives up the middle, you spread everybody out, create more space for yourself and at least make them worry that you're going to do something else. Like, what are you going to do from that formation that scares the defense whatsoever when you have three running back or three wide receivers stacked right next to the line? Then the defense just can play such well, a – I think it's pretty obvious. You just want your your wide receivers and good you know run uh, run blockers to be in there tight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like Jeff was saying. He's like, hat for a hat. You still got to block somebody. It's like, okay, well, then all you're doing is increasing the amount of people that potentially miss a block to blow up the play. It's like that makes zero sense. Like it's just – Across the board, you just you look at McVay, you look at Belichick, you look at all the Sean Payton. Like they are successful because they do smart things. Like if you look at Brady when he QB sneaks, they don't run two tight ends, two fullbacks, bring the wide receivers in and have them QB sneak. They run five wide or four wide or whatever, and the defense is kind of caught off guard. It's just so stupid how predictable so much of the Vikings' offense is. And then you look at Cousins. Uh, you know, I'm still not ready to sell all my cousin stock. I've maybe, you know, I sold a little bit here and there, but I still am fairly confident that he has the ceiling to get you, you know, potentially far into the playoffs given the right set of circumstances. Uh, it's just, it's just been, I don't know, it hasn't hasn't been too impressive here for for a while now. Uh, other than you know maybe the Packers game, I guess. But I I do think that. The Vikings have a good performance in them, uh, even though it's, it looked pretty bad against the Patriots. I don't know if it'll necessarily be this week. I could maybe see them losing this week and then kind of win three in a row and getting into the playoffs with a little bit of momentum. Um, I agree, though, with you that I feel like this line's probably a little short for how good these teams should be power rated or you know what they've done recently here. It feels like Seattle is definitely a better team. So I would I would maybe take the Vikings if they were if the Marcus would react as I would expect they would and they would be you know catching five points or something again. But it's kind of interesting how they've kind of as much as the Vikings have underperformed here the the sentiment for them being an above average team is kind of held steady here because I think Seattle has been getting a little bit more credit um, here in the recent past. So it's kind of this number is kind of baffling to me and. That makes me lean towards Seattle, but I don't think I'm gonna bet it just because I don't I don't really know um, how how good either of these teams are to be honest. And this will be an interesting game to watch, but uh, one I probably won't be involved in from a betting perspective. All right, well, that'll do it. Let's uh, finish up the pod here and do our picks of the week. The AS pick of the week. All right, so last week you had the aforementioned Lions. That should have very easily got there, but it shockingly didn't. And then I had the bills that cashed on my four and a half that I got on the pod, but hopefully anybody that tailed my pick got it when the pod was released and didn't wait another day or two, or you might have uh, got a push or a loser out of it, but 
Uh, that means I recover the T-Box here. And that gets me back to, what, 5 and 6 on the year and drops you to 2, 8, and 1. So, hasn't been the best of uh, <laughs> picks of the week, but let's uh, finish strong here. I think this week... Um, let's see, which... I could take that one from you. Eh. I don't know, there's just a lot of dead games, I think, this week. I know it seems like we've said that a handful of times, but there seems like there's more dead games than usual. Um, you know what? I'm going to take uh, Kansas City, and this you might would. be one of the first times I've laid points with a pick of the week, especially over a field goal. But I think I'm going to take Kansas City minus the 6.5 there at home against the uh, Lamar Jackson and the, the Ravens. That's a good pick. Great looking. Yeah, uh, that's where I was looking. I didn't really have a whole lot of depth here. <laughs> kind of feel like... Uh, it's Philly, the secondary. Don't have a lot of depth, but uh, that's what uh, that's where I was going. So, oh, I thought I I kind of like stayed away from one because I thought that's where you were going to be going. Uh, Dallas or what? No, no. We'll see if you end up on it. Oh, Carolina probably. <laughs> yep. Um, I figured you were going there with a bullet. No, I like I said, I don't even like that game. I didn't really like Carolina a whole lot last week. I just kind of bet them out of principle. Uh, I thought the number was just. I got a, a flat three, uh, not flat three. I got three with a little bit of extra juice, so I bet, put a small bet on that. But I didn't even like him a whole lot last week. It, I like him a little bit more this week, but still don't love it more. So I think again, kind of the number. Um, so do I really want to roll the dice with this Carolina team on the road laying, laying points? I, I don't, I don't think I can do that. Um, boy, uh, nitty gritty here. Um, of where I want to go, it makes it tough. You know what? I think what I'll do. Is uh, yeah, I, I, like you said, it's a pretty tough card here. But I think what I'm gonna do is take Miami with the points. Uh, the extra hook is pretty juicy to me. It's pretty much across the board. So I'll take Miami plus seven and a half. All right, you got Miami plus seven and a half. I got Kansas City minus six and a half. So they'll do it for the picks of the week. Any concluding thoughts, Rob? No, I uh, yeah, just uh, been busy here. I uh, run around the chicken. My head cut off type of deal here, so hopefully uh, things will start slowing down. Actually going to Vegas a uh, week from, what, Thursday, I think? Is that tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow already. So, yeah, a week from tomorrow I'll be in Vegas. So I think next pod I'll be uh, I'll be in Vegas. I think we'll be doing it there. Ah, well, thanks for getting the tree all set up and the, the Christmas cheer rearing to go here right before you head out of town. I appreciate it. Yeah, exactly. Get uh, get it all set for you. Got the lights on the house. Uh, got my little, uh, whatever you call those, uh, blow-up things that go out in the front yard. Got the tree uh lighted up so yeah good to go here a little christmas spirit for christmas eve over at their own household there we go we're all set for the uh set for the holidays now we just need a little christmas cash to buy some presents with this week so yeah, <laughs> let's get her done not, not just some need lots so <laughs> all right well that sounds good well that'll do it here for the uh week 14 pod good luck everybody this weekend and we'll be back next week Thank you for listening to the Aron Sports Podcast. Check out aronsports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.